I'm ambivalent. I didn't come in with the face paint. I came with a certain bemused detachment. Trust me, for soccer to interest me on any level is a miracle. Well, sit, children. Let me give you the subject of the day. Y'all can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. What the fuck was going on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that was. That's weird. Um, let me, uh, so I'm going to have you call my Google Voice and then we'll go from there. I'm recording you right now. You're, you're already recording? Yeah, I'm already recording, man. Oh, fuck. What happened? <laughs> I cannot, <laughs> I gotta let my phone charge for a little bit because I can't. Oh my god! Yeah, I, you know you. That's why I didn't answer the phone the first time because I was like, "Oh, I need a charger. I can't record without it god, being plugged in." Damn it! All right, yeah, let me. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me like, just let's uh, we'll, we'll shoot for twelve because uh, yeah, I, I need a charge. Okay, bye. So I'm gonna call charger. No, go back. Sorry. All right, see ya. <laughs> bye. Welcome back to the Warriors FC podcast. As per usual, I am Andrew Medina. Anthony, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. It's I'm here in the garage, and Andrew is calling in f- remotely. He's phoning it in today. Phoning it in from the west side. Yeah, uh, it's been an extremely busy month for me. I was uh, out and about traveling for work. Um, August has kind of mellowed out a bit, so finally got some time. Uh, to record the last podcast was actually done in a similar fashion. I had, a, uh, and it was done uh, a while ago. It was right before El Tráfico. We were just talking about that, but it's good to get back. Uh, EPL just started this weekend. Um, lots of fun and exciting stuff to talk about. That, of course, uh, we're going to be talking about Neymar and his weird transfer saga. How he's kind of stuck in between, and it's kind of this weird, like backwards or not backwards, but sort of like underground bidding war that you're seeing between uh, Madrid and Barcelona. And it's kind of weird because they're trying to be hushed about it, but they can't because there's two super huge clubs. It's super interesting. Uh, MLS, we're going to talk about that, as I mentioned previously. Uh, We talked to uh, the president of the 3252 right before El Trafico. Obviously, a lot has gone on since then. The trajectory of both teams involved went just complete polar opposites. So we're going to get into that. Uh, Then we're going to rank our favorite kits um, for the 2019 slash 20 season uh without further ado let's get into some epl mr anthony i believe it was our first episode you discussed arsenal and how they only had 30 million to play with and how they you yep. weren't excited about anything 45 and yeah no one was pretty ex- everyone was super skeptical because it was a terrible end of the season well, dude, what happened? I mean, you guys got, like, what, four signings in, like, three days? It was, it was well, like, I, everybody's been talking about it, and honestly, it's been very weird. I'm not – most <laughs> Arsenal people are not used to this kind of stuff happening. This is very new. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where 
you know, and it's like optimism makes me pretty uneasy when talking about Arsenal. But sure. it's like, oh, fuck, why am I? I'm, I'm optimistic. Like, I'm optimistic. Again. <laughs> it's just like I take it with like a small dose, but the team is, was busy and they did some decent business this summer. And that, that I was kind of blown away. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is what everyone say, wants to see and has been wanting argue- to see. I would argue that out of all the Premier League teams, they probably did the. They probably had the best transfer window. Yeah, and they right? did. Or? They were the most active. They, they. When does that ever happen? It hasn't happened in in ever. Not <laughs> not since I've been a fan, where we've done that much business. Even when before the the Emirates was being built, like when we would you we would sign players. I'd never seen this much activity, and like since I've been a fan, I feel like. In true Arsenal fashion, Anthony doesn't know how to feel about positive things happening to his club. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. It it's like laugh. I take it with a grain of salt. I'm excited. Everyone's excited, but in and even more so, just we didn't shit the bed the first match either with a C team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And talk a little bit about that because you had some players that didn't travel. Uh, we were on that. Uh, we we mentioned a weird altercation before the podcast, and it's already like pretty, yeah, pretty common the, the, it's pretty well. well it went viral. This is our fifth episode. Also, we finally we're still like trying to find our 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 sweet spot in terms of when when we record. But like, what, this is the fifth episode, and a lot has happened since we last recorded. And one of the things that happened yeah. was Ozil and Kolasinac Kalasi- got. Tried to get mugged in London when and they didn't let it go down. It well, was, not they. Uh, your boy didn't let it go down. I know, I know. Which was fucking wild. Just got up and, uh, and squared off with the 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 robbers. Yeah, he got up and squared off with two dudes that kind of pulled up on a moped. Mm-hmm. Um, no weapons. He just like straight up squared up with them while the other car, while well, the car took off, and Ozil and his wife, I believe, were in the car. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did that have to do with them not traveling? Can you kind of explain that, break that down? From, from what I've been hearing is that it, there's still, there's like, it has, has something to do with like the crime, like it's just these like crime groups and organized crime groups in London. And it just, for some reason, they felt concerned enough to, that it wasn't safe for them to travel. I don't know too many of the details and it was just kind of like a little bit dumbfounded. I'm like, oh, geez, this is kind of like a bigger deal than it seemed so it's also it, it's also really weird when you think about like the transfer rumors that started just like literally maybe a week after that a week or two after that altercation you start to hear about ozil meeting ozil's representatives meeting with dc united reps right did you hear you heard about that I'm i sure. i heard about that but also like for for me it's like i just don't know what to believe on the internet anymore like on so many different levels <laughs> so yeah. it, it's just like a lot of it feels like 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 clickbait and certain things like i don't know i don't know what's real anymore you know yeah 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 Yeah, that one was like to me uh ozil is someone that has i mean i was always a massive fan of his when he was at madrid i've been a massive fan of his playing style i think that he's one of the greatest passers i've ever seen however when he's disinterested he can be one of the worst players on your team so he's either when he's on he's fucking on and when he's off he's horrendous but I by no means think that he's like not able to play at a very high level or able to play in the highest league, the best league in the world, uh, with some of the best teams. So that was a bit 
weird to me about you know with uh you know the rumors about him going to dc so i wasn't i just thought the timing of it maybe made sense with uh maybe for safety reasons and you can go and make money especially there was kind of like some stuff of wayne rooney leaving dc united it all kind of fell in line but i don't know interesting now uh talk a little bit about that first match uh were you nervous uh, I I really wasn't too nervous, but like when I saw the lineup, I was like, "Oh, this is this is probably like one of the weakest teams we're probably gonna field all season," mm-hmm. and it it was like I knew that nothing's for sure, especially with with Arsenal. But I felt like, well, well, let's see what they can do. Like obviously, like I have faith in the manager, and and they they took care of business. It wasn't like a sexy game or anything, but it was just a good goal. It it, it was a C team. It was away at Newcastle. It was raining, and we got a good, we got a win, and we got a clean sheet away. This is already things that we weren't doing last season at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when you say away against Newcastle, that's literally when I think of like quintessential Arsenal shitting the bed. That's like the, the exact kind of scenario that you think of right like yeah against on some of the arsenal podcasts uh, they were talking about how like oh andy carroll's back at newcastle like fuck if he plays like he just has like (laughs) yeah he's gonna light you guys up he's gonna light you guys up yeah 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 um cool well yeah i kind of agree with that i didn't see the entire game i saw the highlights again wasn't um the most uh entertaining game it seemed like but Mm -hmm. one thing i will say is you know you can. This goes for any team, any whether you're the best team in the world or whether you're whether you're Barcelona or whether you're whomever, right? If you're going to succeed in, in any league, especially a league like the EPL, you're going to have to get some ugly wins and you're going to have to scrape by and get those those little kind of like uh, gritty wins away to mm-hmm. shitty teams like Newcastle, and that's just what's going to have to happen. So if I'm you, I'm excited about that win also, especially like you guys got all these new signings. There's no way the team is going to be firing on all cylinders yet. You know, mm-hmm. um, you still got to integrate a lot of them into the squad. So there's, uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to start. And I think you guys are lucky. Uh, who do you guys have in the, in the coming weeks? Any big, any big uh, teams, do you know? And oh, the, the next game is, let me double check. Looking it up right now, also. Yeah, you guys got Burnley on Saturday. That should be fine. That should should be a win. I mean, Spurs has mm-hmm. Man City. Yeah. See, like, what was it? Uh, Liverpool started the season on a Friday against where they played Norwich, mm-hmm. and they pretty much came out guns blazing. Uh, Tottenham looked amazing. Man City looked amazing. Um, well, no, T- Tottenham had a real tough time with with Aston Villa. Yeah, they were down one you nil know, most of that match. They were down one nil, but like that game was weird. I thought the scoreline flattered Aston Villa for sure, and I think, like, I think that uh, Tottenham had about four or five chances within the opening five minutes, um, and then Villa, like, they kind of like settled down a bit. Villa got a nice little uh, counterattack goal. And I think people, they were a little bit shell-shocked. Villa, you know what? Yeah, I guess you're right. Villa did play a little bit better. But I think in the second half, it was just like complete domination from, from Spurs yeah. uh, part and maybe a little bit of that rust. Um, for me, though, what I, you know, when I looked at the Man United-Chelsea game, I was just completely like, God, these 
teams, both of these teams are just completely unimpressive. I don't think they're even going to make, uh, I don't think either of them are favored to make Champions League by any means. I think this is the first season in a long time where I look at Arsenal and I'm like, you guys should get top four fairly easily. Like it, 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 I don't, I don't see why not. You guys actually have some depth. Uh, maybe you could argue that at the back, you guys are a little dodgy with the. Uh, if you ever have to play David Luiz and Mustafi at the same time, that might be that might get a little bit silly. Uh, but other than that, I think you guys are reinforced, uh, and you guys have enough depth to where other teams like Man United and Chelsea really haven't done much, um, especially Chelsea with that transfer ban. And uh, I mean, to lose four 0 to a team like Man United just fucking blows my mind. I don't know how that happens. Did you watch any of that game? Uh, yeah, I-, I watched it, and it was just kind of you know feels good to see. It's an- another rival team having a rough start to the season. I mean that like. That that just felt like watching Arsenal a couple seasons ago start the season where you just <laughs> like well last year we had like a really rough start and we got smoked by Man City in the opening match and man they they look like a different team without Hazard in it yeah oh without a doubt man yeah. without a doubt I mean they just look Pulisic like they has big shoes relax. to fill. Yeah, and Pulisic didn't even start the game. They both had really weird lineups. Pulisic didn't start the game. He comes in and does okay, but. Um, yeah, he has, well, I, I don't think in my mind, I don't think they signed Pulisic to fill that role. If they did, I mean, that's, again, that's, uh, like you said, they have, he has big shoes to fill, but I just don't see him on that level, to be honest. No, I love Pulisic. There. He's not there yet. I just don't, don't think he's on that level, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting for Chelsea, especially like you, like we were talking about when, when I'm looking at uh, Arsenal and their depth versus Chelsea, it just doesn't, it just doesn't match. Um, also, just the lack of ideas and the lack of, yeah, just the lack of ideas. It was just very point A, A, B, A, B football, and it was, it was boring. It was kind of boring. And, you know, I guess in the beginning there was a couple of, it was, it was uh, back and forth a little bit, but it wasn't, uh, it certainly wasn't like the most technical game in the world. You know, to me, it felt like a high level MLS game, <laughs> like a little bit. You know? Okay. It wasn't all that great. <laughs> it wasn't all that great. Um, let's get into some predictions. What do you think? Who do you think is going to be your top four for this season? The top four? I I, yeah. I was thinking, like I already had the list for the set, top seven. And I was mm-hmm. saying it was Everton, United, Everton seventh, United sixth, fifth, Chelsea. Fourth Spurs, third City, second Arsenal, mm-hmm. first Liverpool. Wow! So you would take, you would take Everton above Wolverhampton. Uh yeah. I I almost I almost put I almost put Wolves at fifth, but then I just I went with like the old dogs. I went with the old top top teams just very boring prediction nothing too crazy other than arsenal being in second ahead of city okay um <laughs> i think with a couple of, i think with a couple of the signings that wolves had i mean what they finished what did they finish last year they finished like seventh I yeah think, they, they, they made a lot of investment in the team for sure yes uh they got some good young talent moise can they got a they kept um raul jimenez who's a you know integral part of that uh, team he had a breakout season last last year and he seems to have hit the ground running they didn't have the best showing but i i think they might be like i think they're still going to be like fifth sixth seventh within that kind of realm um my top four is going to be liverpool i think is going to win their first title and uh i i think so too i think they're just 
they're basically the same team they were last year now with more confidence, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone seems to be firing on all cylinders. Um, they're just, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. Second, I'm going to go with you guys. I think Arsenal is going to take second. Third, I think is Spurs. I don't think Spurs have the depth. Um, actually, excuse me. What am I saying? Third, I'm going to go with Man City. Fourth, I'm going to go with Spurs. Like I said, because of uh, a lack of depth, uh, didn't make any crazy signings. Although, how do you pronounce the guy's name? I don't want to mispronounce it. The guy that scores for Spurs, he's a Olympic Leone, old uh, Leone guy. Uh, I don't know. Spurs weirdos, man. <laughs> 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 I can't commit these names to memory. Let me see. Uh, obviously, Harry Kane had a couple, but there was... Uh, Let's see here. Well, anyway, he scored a he scored the first goal for Spurs in that game. Oh, and uh, Dombele. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, that was a good signing for them. But other than that, they're kind of the same. Uh, they had a lot of they did have a lot of injuries. I think Vertonghen was out, Dele Alli was out. Um, they still look they still look decent. But uh, I just I see Man City, uh, Man City Arsenal, and then uh, Liverpool kind of up at the top three. Uh, beyond that, I think. The battle for Europa League is just going to be a shit show. Uh, I think maybe you could throw Everton in the mix. I think for sure Wolverhampton goes into that mix. And then without a doubt, it's going to be Chelsea and Man United in that mix. Both Chelsea and Man United, again, just, you know, I'm just completely unimpressed by them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Wolves actually Wolves gets like fifth or something. Like, I think I, it'd be fucking I, I think it'd be cool. One, one thing that I've been loving is the fact that United had such a shit transfer window. And the fans are so upset. And it's well, like, this is the first time in like, what was it? I mean, what did what were their big signings this season? Did they have any? They just got rid of Lukaku, and then they brought in uh, the most expensive de- defender in Premier League history, Harry Maguire. Yeah, that seems like such a. I don't know, man. McGuire is cool, but I don't know if you like for that much, bro. It's, ah, that's wild. I mean, I guess you need to reinforce that backline, but to me, they still don't have like that go-to goal scorer. They don't have that like number nine type of guy. Rashford's awesome. Uh, Martial's decent, but they don't have that guy like that. That sort of typical like you know guy in the box that's going to clean up and, and hit those those sitters when you need them, and uh, you know just kind of get those. Those grimy kind of like cleanup goals. I don't. I don't see that at all. That. It's. Uh, I, th- I feel like in this case, a lot of it is going to have to rest on Solskjaer's plate to try to get them organized and get them functioning. Sure. Right? And one, you know, one thing that he's always mentioned, and one thing that's always kind of been the ethos of Man United is bringing in young talent. Uh, do they have that young talent? That's. I mean, who fucking knows? <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, let's uh, keep it moving along. Have you been checking out the Neymar saga at all? N- not really. I was actually just recently like looking into the the issues with uh, what's his, with Bale. But tell me more about Neymar. So Neymar, it, it's it's pretty much he's done at PSG, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it was really funny. Like for people that are kind of like not in the know. For whatever reason, Neymar was not happy at PSG. Something happened over the summer. He really fell out. I think PSG, some of the ownership came out and made a statement about what they wanted the club, and they're not going to like 
settle for uh, less than success in the Champions League, and they're not going to uh, settle for these bullshit antics that have been happening from some of the players. Um, essentially, like, backhandedly calling out Neymar. Uh, so Neymar didn't like it, I think, and uh, now he wants he wants a uh, he wants a transfer. Um, so the saga has been going back and forth for a while. Fun with Barcelona is that Barcelona has just spent a lot of money on Mr. Antoine Griezmann. Um, so now they're trying to figure out where did they get this money from. Now you're starting to see weird things like Real Madrid getting involved, uh, possibly picking them up. Real Madrid has spent a shit ton of money, of course, uh, this transfer market more so than probably, definitely more so than Barcelona. Um, but they brought in a ton of players. And now you're looking at a weird situation where, where do they come up for the money? So what you're starting to see is like these weird trade options where Barcelona is allegedly offering uh, Rakitic and Coutinho and then like two, like I think it's like 200 million for Neymar, <laughs> which is fucking bananas, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and then Real Madrid is trying to swing some sort of loan deal. Um, to me, the one that makes the most sense uh, is the loan deal. Not just like I could, to be honest, like Neymar has always been such a polarizing player for me in general. And I think, and for a lot of people, like people love him or people hate him. One thing I will say is when it comes to the big stage, uh, Neymar has never really produced uh, on that stage, on that level for me. Um, he was always okay at Barcelona, but he never you know, surpassed Messi. He never took the torch from that generation of Messi and Ronaldo. He never, uh, you know, he never did that. And, and, and his PSG, argument at the just, time was that he was never allowed to... to to really express himself or take control of it, right? It was always he's always yeah, going to be third fiddle, and then exactly. he has then he, he has the show at, at PSG, and and it was kind of more of the same. It wasn't really anything too different. I mean, he was solid. And well, it's like, you know, it's sad to say, and like I hate I hate to be that guy, and I hate to to sort of like you know do the old cliche, but bro, you're you're he's doing these he's doing like fucking sombreros and like megging four people at a time and doing like. It basically looks like FIFA Street when he's playing these teams, you know. And these these the French league isn't just it's just not up to par. Period. It's just you can't argue it. You know what I mean? Every time PSG came up against, uh, uh, against a real team, look what happened. Even when they were blowing out Barcelona, Barcelona came back. Uh, you know, from a, what was it like a six-one deficit or whatever the fuck it was? Mm -hmm. And then prior to that, it was uh, you know you you look at the uh, or after that you look at Madrid. Madrid beat them like absolutely nothing. They just completely sunned them in the Champions League. They made them look like amateurs. Uh, that was uh, the 2018 Champions League. Um, so, like, they made them in the semifinals, and Madrid just completely swept them aside. It, was, it wasn't even close. And Neymar did dick. He did nothing, dude. Nothing. You know, so what does it mean when you can, you know, you're scoring all these goals and doing all this shit, putting the, the soccer boot on your head and doing all this silly shit? And then when it comes time to like really show that you're the next, the next guy, that person you claim to be, the the person that that Jordan is riding behind, the person the person that Nike is is riding behind, and you're supposed to be uh, Brazil's next legend, and you haven't really done shit. You know what I mean? You, what you want the Olympics? You want the Olympics with Brazil, and then you know Brazil won the Copa America without you. You know over the summer, so it's mm -hmm. like. What is that? You know, I, I don't know, man. Your legacy is already tainted, and he's not—he's not the youngest dude in the world. What is he like? 20, 28? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, he's a legendary player, but he's not 
on that on that short list for like the the, like the big Brazilian uh, so legends. You know, you 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 can't. He's not in the same class as like Phenomeno Ronaldo or or um, you know Roberto Carlos or Rivaldo. It's just like just kind of like a notch below. I it's mean, such a weird thing player, too, because dude, he has the ability. When he really turns it on, it's like fucking crazy but it's always been this stigma with a lot of these brazilian talents hasn't it Mm -hmm. uh you know i mean even still let's talk about like a player like ronaldinho right yeah for like two to three years ronaldinho was just completely untouchable Mm -hmm. untouchable like you could not touch him but it was definitely one of those like shooting star type of like as as high as he went the crash was just just as bad you know um, so it's kind of crazy to see when you think of guys like Adriano also, Adriano was another, like, dude, when he was on, when he was playing at Inter, he was fucking unstoppable, bro. He was just a monster. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't get talked about more, but if you go back and look at Adriano highlights, he was like, he was like the second coming of Phenomenal Ronaldo. Yeah. But then, but more so cause he was built like a heavyweight fighter. Yeah. He was built like a heavyweight. He could move. He was just all like pure raw power. And then of course he had that Brazilian technique. He wasn't he wasn't as tactical as Phenomenal Ronaldo, but the power was just unstoppable pace. He could dribble with four or five guys on his shoulder, didn't matter. And then his shot was just outrageous, you know. I think uh, um, that Zlatan named him, I think, like the most like the most talented player he's ever played with or like the most powerful player that he, he, he like respected the most. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, Adriano was, was unbelievable. So you have players like him, even if you remember Robinho more recently, um, these guys that are just have these inc- just outstanding, like outrageous through the roof, like raw talent. And there seems to be some issue. I don't know if Neymar's issue is partying. I don't know what it is, but, he hasn't fulfilled that potential for whatever reason. Again, probably one of the, I mean, for sure, one of the top 10 in the world, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just he hasn't been able to, like, if he had the discipline of uh, Cristiano, I have no doubts that he would have surpassed both, both him and Messi. I, I really don't. But it's different because he doesn't have that sort of mental capacity. However, you know, I'm looking at his age, he's 27. So he's not the youngest in the world, but he's not the oldest in the world. The problem is, it's like at that age, I feel like you're kind of set in your ways you kind of are who you are at 27 it's very rare and it's difficult to have a resurgence of 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 your career you know what i mean not saying that his career is over with but it's like he everywhere he's gone he's kind of shown these like tendencies these like difficult to deal with cancerous you know type of situations it was so fucking funny dude uh psg won some like preseason tournament i don't know what it was I saw um, that. They were taking a, a team picture, and did you see what Mbappe did? Yeah, he just like pushed him out of the like get get out of the photo. <laughs> you didn't even play, dude. Oh man, I was like, fuck yeah! I just thought that was like one of the funniest things in the world. But yeah, man. So you know the Neymar th- the Neymar situation is just is super bizarre. It's almost to the point where like, let me ask you this: if if Arsenal was involved in possibly getting Neymar, would you be happy to get him? Uh I mean, he, it's just on talent alone. Yeah, I mean, you can't be mad at it, yeah. but I, I, I don't think he, he would contribute enough in terms of like, just like team chemistry and in like, I don't see him as like a team leader either. And Arsenal needs more team leaders than anything else. 
Yeah, I agree with that, especially with the loss of uh, Koscielny. Oh, speaking of Koscielny, I wanted to talk to you about his presentation at Bordeaux, which I thought was fucking trash, in my opinion. I, I, I honestly didn't really think it was that that bad. Like I, I just took it as like, this is the team I used to play for. This is the team I play for now. But more so, I guess, like the frustrating thing was how he went about pushing for his transfer, which that that was more of the the shitty side of it. Like he he wanted out, and I, he must have had some type of falling out with with the uh, with the team or or with the people in, in in the in the front office, and he he wanted out. He he was over it. I like, I don't know if he had a falling out with Emery or what, but. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he was. I loved I felt, him. Like I he's one like, of the few players I have with like on, his name on my kit, and he was the captain. But he's gone now, and like best of luck to him. So weird because you didn't hear anything about it. Then all of a sudden you heard, and then it was done. Right? right. Like uh-huh. there was no rumors. There was no like back and forth. It was just like, oh yeah, uh, he might go to Bordeaux. Then the next day it's like, oh, he's at Bordeaux, and you see that video of him. For those that don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, um, as the social media has kind of like be- become uh, come to the forefront, more and more teams are trying to get creative in little ways. Like, if you don't follow like Roma or Bayern uh, American Twitter, you need to follow them. They're fucking hilarious. Um, but you know, teams are getting more and more creative with their kit drops, with all kinds of things, uh, the way they announce players. And I think Bordeaux was trying to be like cheeky in this little situation, and I just didn't agree with it. He basically had an Arsenal kit on. And the way they announced him was like it's a, a video of him with the Arsenal kit on. Then he takes the kit, the Arsenal kit off, and he has a Bordeaux kit on under. Uh, I just thought it was in poor taste, uh, especially for the uh, captain of the team that had kind of been the rock back at the uh, Arsenal for years and years and years. Um, and and you know he was there for forever, you know. So to me, like if Sergio Ramos would do that, I would be furious. I would not like it at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ian Wright went um, off on him. On Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I know he did. I know he did. And rightfully so. You know, he can write some legend. Um, but just to kind of go back to Neymar, you know, it's odd that I'm saying this. And, like, at Madrid, I don't really – like, if we sign him, I guess it's cool. But if we don't, then I don't – I genuinely don't really care. You know, we've – I think we've stacked enough this year in the offseason. We have plenty of talent that has come through. Uh, I don't think we need him. You know, I think it would be funny, like, to kind of, like, troll Barcelona. Yeah, that they stole their old golden boy. I think that would be tight. Yeah, Um, I mean, that'd be You know, but in terms of, like, yeah, that would be be funny. But other than that, I just don't think it would really, I really don't give a shit. You know what I mean? And that's so rare to think of a player like Neymar and people are having this mentality with him because he has so much upside. You know, but both teams, even when you look at Barcelona, did, did they really need him? I mean, Jesus Christ, look at, look at their squad, you know? So, what so, are they going to do with him, him, Luis Suarez, Griezmann, Messi? I mean, Coutinho, uh, it's going to be Dembele. Uh, there's, uh, there's also talks of Dembele probably leaving. The thing is, if Neymar goes to Barcelona, they're, they're probably going to lose, like, Coutinho and Dembele or Coutinho and Rakitic uh, just because they can't, afford it. they can't afford him. I heard they're trying to take out a loan and there's some weird shit happening, but it's just so crazy to think of a player like Neymar and people aren't, like salivating over it you know do you think that they're they're scrambling to try to put up a bid for him just to keep him from going to real madrid i think they are i think they are i think without a doubt i think initially what you saw was barcelona and and the whole thing kind of fell apart um 
and then like you know Barcelona to their to their on their side was like dude we're not going to spend 300 million for Neymar like you're fucking crazy you know that's you know like no we're not going to do that right now especially after spending whatever 200 million on on I think it was 200 million on Griezmann something around that ballpark um so you know for them it, that's just not good business and it didn't make sense especially when they don't really need him you know what I mean it's not like it's not like like if I was Chelsea I would be I would be going crazy I would be doing everything I could to get Neymar you know what I'm saying uh-huh. because they're they're lacking in, in, in resources but Barcelona isn't so they, they kind of played that like hardball game and then you saw Real Madrid say well hey maybe we could take him on alone and then and then that started to pique interest and then Barcelona goes wait a minute we can't have that now. <laughs> yeah. So then you saw them go back and it was like, it was, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it was an interesting little kind of back and forth. Certainly we haven't, it's been years since we've seen a player kind of with this sort of like, anytime a player goes from Madrid to Barcelona or vice versa, it's a big deal. When you look back to Figo when he went from Barcelona to Madrid, uh, death threats. They threw decapitated pig's heads at him while he was on the field. Um, every name in the, every chance, like dirty chance in the book, he he got it. He received it. Prior to that, I think it was like Fernando Ronaldo that that went from Barcelona to Madrid, but he went from Barcelona to Inter, then to Madrid. Uh, but other than that, you got to go way back to look at like Michael Laudrup. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty far back that you can think of. Certainly, uh, certainly not in the modern era, with a player of this sort of star power. Have you seen this sort of uh, back and forth? Yeah, the crossover. Put it this way: if he goes to Madrid, um, again, like I like I said, I think Barcelona fans are going to be extremely triggered, and rightfully so. I think they're going to want to. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a fun environment for Neymar when he goes back to Camp Nou, put it that way. <laughs> I'll, put, uh-huh. I'll put that mildly. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. Again, I don't really give a shit either way. But Saviola, um, I think but, he's probably the last guy that did it. Saviola, yeah, but he wasn't like, you know, Saviola was always yeah. kind of like, he had, he played decently for Barcelona, but uh, when he was at Madrid, he was kind of like off, coming off the bench a lot. Yeah, yeah, so he, he, yeah, he like had like over 100 apps for Barcelona in the early 2000s, and then What did he have, like 30, 40? He had like 17 apps for for, uh, for Real Madrid. Yeah, I think he played like a season and a half, maybe. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that much. Yeah, that is, so, so, you know, again, not the most highest profile player, and Neymar is a player that left Barcelona on bad terms, didn't have nice things to say, so it's just uh, yeah, it's it's just weird. It's 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 a weird situation, but um, I mean, like I said, I don't really give a shit either way. I, I think it could be interesting uh, to, if he does go to uh, Madrid. However, um, let's keep it moving on to MLS. Oh wait, so quick, last real week, quick. Uh, what do you? What's going on with Bale? Oh God. Um, <laughs> so here's here's one thing I need to say. Okay. So what what people like to do with Gareth Bale is they like to go and Gareth Bale has was one of the greatest players, probably top five players, maybe back in twenty. Like the the last his last year of, of Spurs when he lit up Inter Milan and his first year ish at Madrid he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. 
this is what happens, unfortunately, with Madrid and with Barcelona. It happens also. Is you have, if you're not a fan of the team, you don't really watch La Liga like that. So you're not watching every Madrid game like I am. Or you're not watching every Barcelona game like a Barcelona fan is. Mm-hmm. So when you end up seeing these teams and these players, more often than not, you see them in Champions League. Or you see them in a very big game. You see, you'll see them at like a, a Super Cup or something like that. Uh, or you see Gareth Bale play for Wales, which he always lights it up for Wales. If you see him day in, day out, the issue with Bale has always been like he he's in, he, he has his moments of like incredible brilliance. He added that bicycle kick in the Champions League. Everyone remembers in the Copa del Rey semifinal, I believe it was. When he took Mark Bartra and basically took him, you know, down the sideline and just destroyed him, and they beat Barcelona to score in like the 90th minute. That was like one of the most incredible goals they've ever seen. Um, he's had his moments, but he just doesn't have them enough. And one of the biggest things is his injuries. The dude is always fucking injured, and I don't care how good you are if you have these moments of brilliance. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't have won the Champions League. Uh, you know, you're probably maybe. You know, you could you could argue that sure. And that goal was incredible that he scored. That bicycle kick he scored was incredible. Also for La Decima, he did very well and scored uh, scored a goal for us in that in that game. But his inconsistency, his lack of uh, fitness, and then of course not really wanting to acclimate to Spanish culture and Spanish lifestyle, he still does not speak Spanish very well which is very odd for a player of his stature. You know, a guy like that that went to Madrid and has been there for quite a while to not be able to speak the language is very fucking weird. Um, I think he's just kind of blasé about a lot of it. And I don't think he... I also don't think him and Zidane... Well, clearly him and Zidane don't have the best relationship in the world. Um, So, you know, what we hear from his camp and also his agent is a dickhead. His agent does a lot of dumb shit and gets him in trouble a lot. And I know they've gotten, I know him and his, his agent have, have butted heads and, and things have gone back and forth with them. So with Gareth Bale, to me, I'm like, if he's on the team, I mean, it's really not a bad option to have. If he's off the team, cool. I think we're fine. Um, I just don't care. I'm like, in, like I, I don't, I don't care anymore. I, to me, he's never going to be like I've seen him long enough now to where I know he's not going to be Ronaldo. I know he's not going to be Messi. He's just going to be decent or he's going to be terrible. You know what okay. I mean? He never he he never has these games. Do you remember at Tottenham where we would like take over games entirely? Uh-huh. And, like player teams just couldn't handle him. That that has never happened when he's uh, played for Madrid. Never. Even in that game against Barcelona. Yeah. It was just that one play. It was just that one play, but other than that, he's never been that unstoppable. Remember when he destroyed Inter Milan in that in that Champions League, and everyone yeah. was like, "What the fuck?" He's kind of put his yeah, name like, on the map that he's like of like world class. Oh, I mean that standard. that game was incredible. That he poor poor uh, Inter. I mean, I think it was like uh, Walter Samuel and Cambiaso and those guys were like they were just chasing shadows. They could do nothing. They could do nothing. Um, he's just not that guy anymore. He's just not. He's had so many fucking injuries, and he just seems very blasé and lackadaisical. Um, he does have his moments, like I said, but I just don't give a shit, man. Like, I think it's such a weird thing. I, I was like, he's going to China. Cool. We're going to get a nice chunk of change. Uh, maybe we can, you know, buy another center back or something. Nope. It's funny. It didn't happen. I don't know. I don't know why it didn't happen. Um, 
yeah, it's a very strange situation. But. It's funny because I was watching some like videos about like his kind of like his current situation and a lot of he gets a lot of criticism for playing golf. I guess he loves golf a lot. Yeah. And then it's the point where the medical staff apparently has been telling him like your th- th- your back is injured because of golf. You have golf injuries. Like what the fuck yeah. are you doing? And so that's another reason why they just want to get like I do you want to play be a professional footballer or do you want to be a golfer like what the hell are you doing yeah dude it's also not like you play for fucking Wigan you know what I'm saying yeah. like the fact that you even need to have that sort of conversation is fucking outrageous right like that is that's such a like I mean think about that dude think uh-huh. about that you're playing for fucking Madrid you've won you know three Champions Leagues with them or four Champions League excuse me with them what are you doing? Like, what, what is what's your... What's funny is his, also his career stats, uh, as they stand, even with all his injuries, are still pretty decent. That's what's kind of wild. Like, any, of any course, player would of play, course. kill for those stats. But see, like, that should be... See, people look at that and they're like, God, Madrid fans are so, like, uh, fair weather and they, they only want... Uh, they, they, they forget about what he's done for the club and look at his stats and this and that. And it's like, dude, imagine if he played and imagine if he gave 100% he would be like all world, like mm-hmm. greatest of all time talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at Madrid, that's what's expected. dude. Yeah. We're not it's like a different team. That's that's it's a different team. It's a different, it's a different mentality. And like, it's not, it's not, maybe it's bad, but to me, that's the, the culture of the club. Yeah. That's you know, just that's what the Madrid is. That's just what they expect. That's what, that's what everything has been built upon. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it just seems fucking weird you know like i i i don't get it i don't understand it um yeah you know what really quickly i was looking at when the transfer market ends and i i just realized that the european transfer the english transfer market closes before the spanish one does huh Uh uh-huh let's check that out because so does that mean pogba's locked what do you mean like well, I I I heard it's pretty clear that he's probably not going to move anymore. But like, can you know that's a that's a fucking good question because there's so obviously like Neymar isn't going to a Neymar isn't going to a English club, right? Yeah. So I wonder how that works for. But can English players leave? Huh. That's a good question. I don't know how that works. Here, let's see. When does Spanish transfer market end? That's going to be that's a that's a really. Also, you know, I believe if they're leaving the EPL, then they're okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that that's that's what it is. I think that's what makes sense. I believe players going into the league that that can't happen. Let's see. When does Spanish transfer market end? Okay, we'll look at the current schedules. So, do, 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 do. This is it. where am I? Do you think United should hold keep keep a hold of him or move him on? Uh, I mean, I think United should keep on to whoever they can because they're. I think they're <laughs> going to be shit this season. Uh, yeah. I certainly wouldn't want to get rid of Pogba. He's probably one of the most talented. He hasn't lived up to his potential, but. He hasn't had a season under Sol- like a full season with uh, Solskjaer, so you know who's who's to say that that he uh, 
that he's not going to excel. I mean, we saw like shortly after being sort of unshackled after Mourinho left, he, he did pretty well, you know? And I mean, Pogba was like probably one of the more polarizing players in, uh, in world football, but I think he certainly like, I don't think anyone doubts that his potential, you know, I think that would be, that'd be crazy. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Um, looking at Spain, it's showing all the transfer windows. Whoa, I got to scroll down quite a bit. Uh, here we go. Spain. So the Spanish transfer window ends on the 2nd of September, which is still another like two to three weeks. Uh, wow. Wow. That's going to be crazy. So they're not done yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so conceivably, Pogba could maybe go, could still go. Conceivably, um, Neymar could, I mean, pretty sure Neymar is not going to be at PSG. It's just going to be interesting to see how that works out. But, oh, where he ends oh, up. That's, yeah, that's interesting to think about. Also, I guess it's not a for sure thing that, that Bale is going to stay at Madrid now that, now that you mentioned that. Because there is quite a bit of time. And you look at what happened in England. I think you guys on your on the last couple of days just did all kinds of business, right? Yeah, we got David Luiz and um, and the our, our left back from from Scotland from from Celtic, Tyranny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young guy, right? Yeah. Cool, man. So should be. I mean, should be an interesting couple of weeks. I think it's uh, it's clearly not over yet. So gonna be gonna be dope. Um, all right, let's uh. Let's move on to some MLS news and, and uh, you know, just kind of talk about what's been happening. Well, uh, like I mentioned well Earth, since we last spoke, uh, the Galaxy yes. smoked LAFC in the yeah. Los Angeles Derby in El Tráfico. Let's talk, a, let's talk a little bit about that. I'm not super stoked on it. I wasn't happy at all. Um, but I think it is important to talk about it because we didn't talk about it. We haven't talked about it. And there's a lot of... Obviously, a lot I had to say, a lot I, I wanted to get off my chest. So what were your thoughts, first and foremost? Uh, my thoughts were it, it was it was pretty amazing to watch. Uh, even as an LAFC fan, it was just how kind of electric it felt watching the game. And then just to see the caliber of goals that Zlatan put out to slay LAFC again was just... I was dumbfounded. They were completely up for it and ready. And, and and LAFC was just kind of like just fucked in that game. That was the worst game like I've seen them play off all season. And I think you were agreeing with me. That was the worst game I've ever seen them play. Um and I would argue like even more so than the Atlanta United game last season when they lost like five zero to Atlanta. Um I would argue this was worse because, uh, you know, I think within the first three minutes, you saw what LAFC typically does. They, they high press uh, possession, really good, quick passing, um, kind of no nonsense, very direct, but like short, quick passes. That's their thing, right? You saw that within the first five to ten minutes, Vela gets the penalty, which is a clear penalty. Then they score, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, this is this is great. This is what we want. And then uh, I d- Zlatan gets that goal, and I see the way they're playing defense on Zlatan, and I'm like, oh my god. Um, 
so one thing that just like frustrated the fuck out of me was the way we were marking him and uh it was obviously man to man you had uh eddie segura was on him uh eddie was over committing and just getting way too excited on plays uh, so on that first goal, if people think that it was kind of Atuesta's fault, which Atuesta should never be one-on-one with Zlatan ever. There's just physically, it's not even, a, it's just not a, it's not even close, right? Yeah. So what happened before that was there was a long ball that kind of went through to Zlatan. And what any like seasoned sort of big, big man, big number nine does in situations like that, you see what he does. Segura is trying to anticipate the ball so that he doesn't get to Zlatan. And what Zlatan does is he sees it, anticipates, pushes Segura, gives him a little nudge, and then is free one-on-one with the ball, basically. One-on-one with uh, Atuesta. So he nicks it over Atuesta, and then basically Segura is coming back, and he hits that volley. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, well, there is something you can do. If Segura didn't overcommit, then you keep Zlatan in front of you. And if you have Zlatan in front of you, at the midway line, or at, you know, at at at, uh, at midfield, then you're fine. You you can do something about it. If anything happens, maybe you can foul him. He's not going to beat you with pace. He's not he's not that guy. He, more than likely, he's going to do like a one-two, where he's going to try to like dish it off and do a give and go, right? But when you give him a one-on-one situation and you give him 30 yards in front of him, he's going to do something. Something is going to happen, good, bad, or otherwise. Like it's going to happen, right? So. That type of mentality and that type of play is just, like, very uh, elementary to me. It was really, really naive and very silly. Uh, and you saw it over and over and over. Uh, they, they, Galaxy wasn't doing anything uh, tremendous in, sort of in, in, in terms of, like, build-up play. What they were doing very, very, very well was Alvarez and Jonas Dos Santos were bossing the midfield and making it impossible and very difficult for Atuesta uh, K and for Blessing to have any sort of freedom. So they were just like little gnats. They were happy to let LAFC have the possession, mm-hmm. but the possession wasn't positive possession. It wasn't fruitful. It was backwards. It was it was hurried. It was like it was like very helter-skelter type of possession. Um, and it just because you have a ton of possession doesn't matter if it's not good positive if you're not controlling the tempo if you're not doing give and goes if you're not doing through balls if you're not keeping the back their back line on the defense it doesn't matter it's irrelevant so you saw a lot of sideways a lot of backwards passes again a lot of like hurried rush passes uh, and alvarez in particular to me was the man of the match for the, the galaxy i know zlatan scored the amazing goals but he wouldn't have had that. He wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that if it wasn't for Alvarez. Alvarez was fucking okay. everywhere. So, to those that don't remember, Alvarez was the, was the guy with the uh, bleached hair or like he had like white hair. Um, but also, it was the worst game I've ever seen from uh, Atuesta. I've never seen him play that bad, ever. Uh, gave up uh, possession constantly. Uh, bad passes, just terrible decision making. Um, same thing with K. K was like. They all just seem so fucking nervous and terrified, uh, and like very shaky. Yeah, uh, and yeah. It was bl- it was very frustrating to watch that game because to see yeah. that they were not they, they weren't playing like the best team in the league. No, no. And then blessing uh, probably again had the it was it, I think it's so I think it's crazy. Like 
it happens, right? You can't expect everyone to play like they're not robots. You can't expect everyone to play amazing every game, right? But for everyone in the midfield to have their worst game ever for an, in an LAFC uniform is so fucking wild to me. It's so crazy that they all had their worst game like by a mile. Latif Blessing on the second goal, the one that was a header over to Zlatan, goes, dribbles backwards 15 yards, doesn't pick his head up and just kicks it directly into the opposition. And you're already pinned up there. You're already pinned on your own half. You just boots it. Mm-hmm. Like ASO shit, bro. Like you don't do this. You stop doing that after the age of like 10. You know what I mean? Like you learned, okay, this is a bad situation. I'm going to either clear it out of bounds or I'm going to get it to one of my players. And in a situation like that, you don't fuck around, right? Mm-hmm. What does he do? Dribbles backwards without even looking, kicks it to an opposition play- oh, an opposing player. Player takes three seconds, looks up, Zlatan's right there, bang, bang. Zlatan's going to be Jordan Harvey all day, every day. Uh, Jordan Harvey was another one. He just looked so, so bad. He was chasing shadows all night, uh, looked sluggish, looked, definitely looked his age. Um, yeah, it was just a terrible game for LAFC overall. Um, I just, I was just shocked, man. I was very disappointed, very upset. Uh, Vela came back and scored that goal. That second goal. Uh, and I did think when Lee Wen came in, he offered way more of a calming presence. And I think that's what they needed. I wish Bob would have made that decision at halftime or it would have been before, even even like right before halftime, because I felt like Lee just has this amazing ability to not only control tempo, but he has this amazing ability to pass at the right time. And what I mean by that is like holding onto the ball and not giving your opponent the ball is a big deal, but also knowing when to give it up and in the right position to make a, an attack to start an attack. Lee is like incredible at that. He has such an amazing talent for that. He's so good at holding the ball into the very last second, his patience and then the way you started to see people move off the ball, you saw it right away because they understood what he can do. So, um, yeah, man, you saw it a little bit, but then Zlatan had that, then he scores that third goal, and then it's basically from there, it's over. You know what I mean? At that point, they, they, uh, Vela gets that third, that second goal, but it doesn't really matter. It was too little, uh, too late. See, too little, too late. Uh, and then, uh, like, for me, the worst of the worst out of everybody, which is crazy because I don't think anyone had it. I don't think anyone had a decent game except for Lee, you know, once he came in. But um, the uh, Diego Rossi was, like, horrendous. His touch was not there that day. Oh, so my many God, bad man. touches. He was, he was left one-on-one a couple of times. He uh, His crossing was so bad. Uh, he just was seemed mentally drained and out of it. Um, so that game was just so frustrating. It was terrible to see. The Galaxy, obviously, rightfully so, were very happy, feeling themselves. Their fans were very happy. As I expected, social media was a fucking <laughs> was a shit show, as you'd expect. Um, and they deserved the win. There's nothing you can yeah. argue about. We just got outplayed, and they looked ter- like LAFC looked terrible. Um, and I don't think anyone expected that. Yeah. Uh, even even them, even the, them. And uh, you know, the most frustrating for me thing for me is just seeing LAFC th- th- this year. It's like. They're just, they're, yeah, they're they're getting A's on all their homework, all the, yeah. they're doing all the work, and they're getting A, A plus, A, A plus plus, just smoking everybody. But when 
a an exam comes up, a test comes up, uh, they ha- I haven't seen them ace a test yet. Like the th- th- bad. <laughs> this is a must win game, you know. Like for they made playoffs first year in franchise history, and they get they get knocked out by RSL. They're doing well in the league, and they should be. It, it, you know, they're they're getting hyped on the fact that they they think they have Portland's number. They get cu- knocked out of like the the cup. And it's just like, wake up. These are the games that matter. Like, these, th- this is when it counts. Are you winning when it counts? Like, the the supporter shield is whatever. Like, I need to see them win must must win games. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. I mean, I think, you know, for good or bad, whether you hate him or not, but Zlatan is right when he says. It doesn't matter if you make the playoffs, then that's it. Yeah, and you can get in seventh, you, and and then you, you cause problems for records. teams. Yeah, Villa has a single the single season uh, goal scoring record, and if you guys break a points record for regular season, and if you are in first right now, LAFC is in first by fourteen points, so they're destroying everything. Plus forty goal differential, plus mm-hmm. forty second place in the entire league on goal differentials. Atlanta United with thirteen. Or 14, excuse me. That's fucking insane, dude. But none of it matters if you cannot beat the Galaxy, first of all, and if you don't win in the playoffs. And you have done neither of those two things. And that needs to change very quickly. Uh, Obviously, we have a, a big game coming up in two weeks, but let's talk a little bit about what happened afterwards because... It's been a tale of two entirely different sort of situations. And this is maybe even more shocking because Galaxy, or what LAFC did was they went and they it wasn't going to be easy. Atlanta United has been flying. Atlanta United beat them 5-0 last year. They come to the bank and LAFC comes, back, comes out and punches them in the house right away. They get three goals, and then what happens? Atlanta comes back and scores three goals. Uh, excuse me, they score four goals, and Atlanta comes back and scores three goals. Uh, so you start to see some chinks in the armor. It was a little bit of a poor uh, – I was a little bit worried because it was, it was a poor defensive showing, and I was worried that they were still shell-shocked from the, from the week before. They come out against New England away, beat New England 2-0. Then last week, um, come out against New York Red Bulls. They're dominating the game. They get two goals in a halftime, then they come out in the second half, and they really showed some grit. So to me, the mentality after that game to come back and show who they are, and to really come back and say, "No, fuck that. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna show you what we can do. We're gonna, we're we're gonna win these next three games." And that's what they did. I think that is super duper important for morale for. You know, confidence, morale for all those things, right? Especially going into this next couple series of games, which are vitally important, because you're they're head and shoulders above everyone in the in the in the league and in their Western Conference. Seattle's in th- uh, in second with on 39 points. LAFC has 55. So LAFC comes out. They of course they face some adversity. There's a little bit of a, a little a uh, few hiccups here and there, but they get a gritty win against Atlanta get an away win at uh, New England. And then that New, that New York Red Bulls game, I think the score is flattering because the Red Bulls really came out hard and tried to uh, take it to them. Um, and for a while, it was a little bit dodgy, but LAFC came out on top. So I thought it was a good show of grit and determination after a shitty loss to your rival. 
Um, I think it would have been easy to kind of fall over and, and really get uh, sad and kind of down on yourselves, but they didn't do that. Uh, conversely, talk a little bit about what happened to the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, so they, they've, what, three losses? They, they... Uh, let's see here. So after LAFC, they... They actually they beat Tijuana in in the League's Cup or whatever they beat them in, in PKs, but then they get thrashed by Portland four 0 They get thrashed by Atlanta three 0 Then they lose to DC last weekend two to one. But but does it like Zata, <laughs> does it matter? I mean, if they just stay into seventh place, like they could, that's what's what's frustrating and that's what like kind of like takes me out of it too i'll tell you why it matters because the portland timbers who smashed them 4-0 have a game in hand and they're only three points behind the la galaxy Mm -hmm. so fifth sixth seventh and they are in eighth place my friend eighth place so there is a very it's literally a one game turnaround yeah, between the Portland Timbers, the, the, the points the between game. eighth and fourth is tight. It's like only to, yeah, it's super small. They have a massive game, massive game against Dallas uh, next week, or on the weekend, excuse me. Dallas is right under them in sixth place on 30, so they're both tied with 37 points. Uh, they're both on four, on 24 games played. So, or excuse me, Dallas is on 25 games played. So Dallas, if they win, will go up in the standings and then the galaxy will fall down. Of course. Jesus. The galaxy um, has 11 losses. Yeah, dude, 11 losses. And they only have one, Minus one draw, one draw, which is super weird. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because that game was so weird. The, the, the traffic, the El Trafico was so weird because if Zlatan isn't playing, the galaxy probably don't win that game. All right. True. Alvarez and Jonah played out of their out of their minds, and then the uh, LAFC midfield played horrendous. However, I still don't think the Galaxy wins that game without Zlatan. No, because he <laughs> so just, just yeah. I think it's still a bit disconcerting for them because they just signed Pavon, which is good for them. That's a great signing, um, but is it too little, too late? I think it is. You know. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. I, I, you know, it's, it's so weird. When I watch the Galaxy play, I'm like, how the fuck did we lose to this team? They're so bad. Mm-hmm. They're so, so, so bad. Defensively, they're like a fucking clown show. They're, they're so bad. They're so bad. I don't understand how we, we couldn't beat them. <laughs> I don't understand. That game against Atlanta, the game against Portland in Atlanta, I was just like, Jesus, guys, this is horrible. You guys are so bad. I don't know. I just don't know what it is. It's but it's scary out. to think about. It. Is just is Zlatan just in cruise control, and then he and they're, are they just like protecting him until it's like a must win, and then all of a sudden he can just manhandle a game? Well, they. Well, you know, Zlatan has gotten into trouble. He got uh, suspended for uh, his antics um, in Portland, right? Uh, in Portland, yeah. And you know, a lot of Galaxy fans come out. A lot of Galaxy uh, outlets come out, and they say some silly things and it's like dude your your club celebrated when he made the teeth blessing fly they celebrated when he smashed Munir's skull yeah. literally fractured his skull you guys celebrated that 
Um, <laughs> I find it insane. I find it hilarious that people are complaining about Zlatan. If you look over his career, he's always done this shit. Mm -hmm. He's always gotten in trouble for this shit. Yeah. You know, and, and they're saying that the league is hunting for him. I'm like, dude, you cannot go and fucking elbow someone and crack your skull and be, and, and things are okay. That's not allowed. You can't do that. Like, where is that? Okay. Where's that? Like it's, it's, uh, that mentality is fucking mind blowing to me and no one is above that. Yeah. You know, yeah. No one should be above that. Certainly Zlatan who's has shown throughout his entire career that he's done these things at every fucking team he's played for. He's done this. So, you know, that's, that's, that's on him and the league should punish him rightfully so. Um, and because of what's happened, yes, they're going to pay more attention to him. If he didn't do that, guess what? They wouldn't pay attention to him. Do they look at Carlos Vela and say, God, this guy fouls a lot. Nope. You know why? Cause he doesn't foul a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're a player that doesn't fracture skulls, that doesn't <laughs> push players over when you score a goal, that doesn't, you know, isn't a physically like crazy dude, then there's no issue. Right. If you're big and you like Jekyll, Jekyll's a good example, right? Jekyll's a big, strong number nine, right? Correct. Have you ever heard of him breaking anyone's skull or hurting people or being this like bully? No. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've never fucking heard of that. Yeah. You know why? It's because he doesn't do it. So there's no notion. There's no spotlight on him. There's no, you know, it doesn't happen. So I don't, people, people like backing Zlatan up in this situation. I think you're like, get the fuck out of here. You're, you're, you're joking. Like it's a complete joke. Like, I don't know. Someone's coming out with stats that the galaxy is the least, um, uh, they get the least fouls, uh, called, uh, for them, I think in the league. And, and people are trying to say that it's, uh, the league is, is conspiring against them and it's like no dude your defense is trash like your defense is trash and Zlatan fouls people that's that's what it is you know <laughs> yeah I mean that's 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 the truth you know that's the truth and yeah you beat LAFC I get it I understand but you have 11 losses and you have a minus five goal differential period end of story you need to win the next three games or else you guys might not make the playoffs straight up like straight up and I don't know how the fuck we lost to them it's fucking infuriating but yeah, they went from second to fifth but it, it's still just like I'm looking at the tables right now and it's just like so depressing seeing how many teams are in playoff contention and the amount of losses they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. like blown away. I'm like, this is why like MLS is just, it's just fun for me. It's just a fun thing that I don't have to really pay too much attention to. I hate to say it. I don't want to be have to say that, <laughs> but it's just not there yet. It's just, it's cool. It's it, it it's just not the level of intensity is too low for me. Like this isn't like eleven losses and you're in fifth. Eleven losses. Like there's zero <laughs> emphasis on winning, in my opinion. If that's the case, uh, you know it's hard to argue. I don't think I can really argue with with that. Um, I'm not a fan of the playoff system. Um, I guess I'm a Euro snob in that sense. In that. I like the idea of the cup existing, but I think if you're going to win the regular season, then you win the regular season. Uh, the community shield really doesn't have the, the status of MLS cup, or maybe you make the community shield something more important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, similar to Copa del Rey, similar to FA cup and Carlin cup, right? Yeah. Now that teams don't try to win those tournaments, they certainly care about them, but the league is the most prestigious thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's just frustrating because like I want the emphasis to be on elevating the quality of the sport in this country. And it just still feels like the priorities on making it a successful like business enterprise and it's just that makes money for their investors and i'm like that's uh, that, that that's not always gonna give you the uh, best soccer players you know what i mean but that's a whole that's a whole another two-hour conversation i know exactly you know that and you know exactly how i feel about that and we will talk about that one day but uh you know just to touch on it a little bit clearly clearly mls would not have been able to sustain those rough years, poor attendance, poor financial backing. Oh, yeah, just towing uh, the line on something sellers. new. Yeah, they, they wouldn't have been able to last this long. This sort of paradigm was imperative for them to, for MLS to grow and to expand as a league. Yeah. Um, however, the league, the teams, the money involved now, the investment involved from foreign, uh, from foreign money, foreign owners, uh, and low and and you know, uh, excuse me, homegrown owners here in the states. It's outgrown that paradigm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see teams like LAFC, when you see teams like Atlanta, uh, you know, with the things that uh, Miami's already, you know, Inter Miami's already doing, it's outgrowing that paradigm, and things need to change. Hopefully, we see it in our lifetime. I'm not 100% sold on that yet. Uh, the problem is, is that the people and the money involved now is like there's a safety net, you know, because there's no relegation. They're fine. They'll be okay. There's no, there's no need for them to be super good. There's no need to for them to invest a whole lot. Uh, so it's, it, it's, it, yeah, yeah. It's an ugly thing. I, I, it's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, for me, teams like LAFC are pushing that paradigm and pushing that ba- pushing those boundaries. And I hope as the league continues to expand, more teams, more players, more ownership, and even I mean, to be honest, it's got to be it's got to come from from legacy clubs like the LA Galaxy, who have always been at the forefront of changing things. Uh-huh. Not only changing things, but changing rules and changing you know DP and changing TAM and all these things uh, to suit their needs. Uh, and they do that for the – whether it's good or bad or you, you don't like it. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's been to the benefit of uh, American soccer. And I will always say that about the Galaxy. You know, I I don't always agree with I – don't, I, I, I don't like their club. I don't like going to their games. I think they're boring. But what the one thing they've done is they've always been at the forefront of pushing uh, the needle. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to happen from – from all over and i think with more voices like like what zatan's saying he's like he's like it's almost like he's talking about going to practice yeah you know and then when he plays against when he plays against lafc you see sort of like champions league you know like you said it's playoff mode you know you see that that difference that gear that he has that's just a little different Mm -hmm. he like feeds off because he sees like oh this is a game like the crowd is alive everything there's away fans here it's it's on he always talks about the atmosphere, yeah. you know, and I mean, shit, I mean, it was fucking awesome, you know? So yeah, man, I, I you know, I agree with you on that. I agree with you. I think we need, uh, I'm, I'm very much, uh, for, um, promotion relegation. Uh, I'm very much for, uh, going into, uh, making the, 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 the season matter or the league matter over 
everything else. Yeah. The, um, the big thing, though, is that the like I get a little bit optimistic because the NBA is talking about these, these kind of changes. You're not hearing it from MLS, but you're hearing it from the NBA because the commissioner is a very progressive person. He sees where the, his sport is going, and he sees the fact that the NBA season is bloated and, and drawn out. And he's like, this isn't he looks at like the soccer model and sees like you got to make the games count. You got to keep people's oh, attention. A doubt, bro. And you like, got to bring up the intensity. And there's I mean, you're, like, you're actual opening discussions. up a kind of worms for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, and yeah. it's like I mean, there's actual discussions being held about how do we change this league to make it to bring up the intensity because that that's what that's what sports is. You know, you can't just have oh, it dude. on cruise control. And if you know, if I'm, MLS yeah. makes that change, no, if NBA was a, was to make a change like that, there would be a ripple effect. Then th- there would be no ignoring it, because if basketball's adopting the world soccer model more of like, oh man, I mean that's another thing that I don't think like I, I just don't think that's that's one thing when I talk to like my American like my American homies <laughs> or like mm-hmm. pretty much all my homies, um, <laughs> when I when we talk about you know, American sports versus European sports. And what I love so much about European soccer and the European soccer model, and it happens in South America, of course, but I've always, my first love was European soccer. And the reason I loved it, and once I got to know it more and more, is like the relegation promotion thing is is everything, you know? It's, it's, it's like, how do I put it? It, 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 I guess the only way I can describe it is like when you, everything matters. Mm-hmm. First of all, every game matters. Every game is important. If you're a newly promoted side, staying in that league is everything to you. You're mm-hmm. gonna scrape, claw, do whatever the fuck you can to get to that. Uh, you saw like the Sheffield United game when they scored over the weekend. You saw how much it mattered to those motherfuckers. Like they yep. were screaming, crying, and had been. I think over a decade and they were just like, Oh, we're fucking back, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look on the flip side, you know, s- sports is not always, you know, glitz, glamor, good times. It's, it's brutal and it sucks. And it's, it's a bummer. A lot of times, uh, if you're a fan of, Su- of Sunderland, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but the relegation battle at the end of the season is almost as exciting, if not more so more emotional, more, just like you talk about a team trying their fucking ass off, like going balls to the wall, you know, at the end to of try the season, to stay in. they're trying to stay in. They're trying to save money. They don't want their dude. I always talk about it. You know, you think about the late nineties, early two thousands when Leeds was, you know, like the March Viduka and like Harry cool era in uh, champions league semis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the champions league semis. Right. They went from that to relegation to, I mean, they're barely making their way back now almost 20 years later, dude. Yeah. Um, they were almost – they almost ceased to exist at one point. Isn't that fucking wild to uh-huh. think about that? But that is – to me, that is an amazing story because now they're back. You know, they're, they're on the way. They're on the up and up now. Um, but it's taken forever, you know, and they're historically like a very big club, you know. So – those storylines and that sort of that sort of uh, mentality has always been a part of like the elite and the best soccer in the world. And obviously, when you talk about the talent and why America doesn't compete, 
that is a massively big thing. If, if you think that it's not, it's like, it's just not that you're just wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's just not the truth. Iron sharpens iron. And the way you get that is by every fucking week. It's day in, day out. It matters a lot. Yeah. A lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. For it, a team, for a everything team right has now, to be, you have to play for keeps. Everything has to count. Dude, People right got to get fired. Team, <laughs> you got to get kicked team, out of the league. For a team like Colorado, for example, they're on 26 points. There's seven wins, five draws, 12 losses. Do you think they give a shit what happens for the rest of the season? It's just you're phoning it in, you know? Cruise control. Mm-hmm. How do you think their fan base feels about that? They just show up. They hang out. They have some hot dogs. They bring the kids. And they just hang, you know? I don't know <laughs> about you, man, but I would be. I would fucking hate that. I would fucking hate that. Exactly, but I mean that, that people watch soccer would, for different reasons, you know. I mean, sure, sure, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You go out with the family, you have a nice. Yeah, I get, I get all that. But nah, man, fuck that. I don't want to sit there and watch like a slow, boring crawl to the end of the season where no one gives a shit. It happens all the time in the NBA. It happens all the time in baseball. There's teams in baseball that haven't been good our entire lives, dude. Mm-hmm. And they've just been mediocre our entire, like, 30 years. Just been, like, fucking whatever, dude. Whatever. Isn't that wild? And there's just no incentive to do well. No incentive to, like, they just don't care. Yeah, what yeah is I mean, that? The, like, the, the, <laughs> the Dodgers were like that for the bulk of my like adolescent life. They had the like shitty ownership, and they were just not not challenging for anything that they used to be challenging for, you know. And and now yeah. the, versus when you look at a club like the Yankees, who has been mm-hmm. good forever. Yeah, and They've being good is always a me. priority. Yeah, of course. You know. It's a different situation, but yeah, I mean, again, we could go on about this forever and ever and ever. Uh, obviously, I'm on, like I said, I'm on the side of, you know, I've gotten more and more into MLS over the past two years because of LAFC. They've brought they've brought so much of what I love uh, from. Yeah, it's definitely the model of change and it's the model of the future, and that's that's yeah. the standard of like any. It's like one of the best executed standards of how how to start a, a and, professional and, sports and, team. You know, period. It's it started with the Galaxy. It's gone to teams like Atlanta United. It's gone to teams now. You know, even like when you look at back in when DC United was getting uh, Marco Chaveri and Jaime Moreno and these guys, mm-hmm. you know, these uh, South American, Central American talents, Galaxy had Cienfuegos, and you can go on and on and on, right? There's mm-hmm. teams that always got, you know, Carlos Valderrama was playing for Tampa Bay and so on and so forth, right? But uh atlanta took it to a different level and now lafc is taking it to another level just got two amazing signings uh brian fernandez and palacios to those that do not know about mr fernandez oh buddy oh buddy oh buddy oh buddy i was i've always loved watching the under 20s and the under 20s happened in june of this of this summer i believe right yeah Okay, uh, so one of the teams, probably the, the more exciting teams uh, that I was like, kind of my jaw dropped when I saw them was Uruguay. They were fucking outstanding. Um, and the number one player on that team, without a doubt, was Mr. Fernandez. He is a fucking all-ler. Uh, he can play up the middle like a cam, um, but he, was, he does most of his damage on the wing. Very pacey, incredibly technical dribbler. He can dribble 
he likes to take on three, four, five players at a time. Explosive speed. Um, and then just very good build-up play. Incredible awareness. Great crossing. I think he had like three assists and two goals or something like that in five games for Uruguay. Uh, in the Norway game, Norway, I forgot what they played. I think they played like on Dudas or something where one of the kids had like six goals or some ridiculous thing like that. Uh, but then when they played Uruguay, uh, Brian took over and just completely demolished them, single-handedly demolished that team. Uh, so, man, I cannot wait for this kid to get going. He's he's lights out. Balacios haven't seen too much of him. He was playing uh, for Barcelona B, I believe, or was going to sign with Barcelona B. Young kid from Ecuador, Ecuador. Another amazing uh, generation of South American talent. They went very far in the tournament. Actually beat Uruguay in the under-20s. So um, I haven't seen too much on Palacios, but uh, Fernandez is someone that I'm super, super stoked to see, man. He's going to be awesome, man. Nice. Have you seen anything on on, on him? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to... Say... Hold on. Give me a second. Did I misspell his... Did I miss... Let's see. Hold on. I'm saying Fernandez. His last name is Rodriguez. I'm an idiot. So I was like, dude, why is it? Am I saying it? It's his. <laughs> it is like, late. <laughs> Pardon me. I excuse me. Brian Rodriguez. Brian Rodriguez. Also, Anthony's last name is Fernandez. So yeah. That's probably why I said that. I just thought about it right now. I'm like, I don't think his last name is Fernandez. Brian Rodriguez. Uh, but dude, just watch the kid. Look up his highlights. If you can, if you can, try to go back. I don't know if it's impossible, but if you can, go back and look at the game. He, they, uh, Uruguay versus Norway. In that game, he was fucking lights out, dude. This kid is awesome. I just can't wait to see him. Um, you know, Rossi has has kind of had a, a back and forth, up and down kind of season. He's back on the up and up. Um, and I would love to see them with a false nine formation with Carlos playing in the middle, Rossi on one side and Rodriguez on the other. I think it would be terrifying, um, especially with options when Dio needs a rest or if Dio isn't up to snuff or if he's injured. He's been fairly durable this season, but I think it would be cool to see sort of a false nine situation uh, with him. But I'm super excited for this kid. He's 19 years old. So much upside. Uh, yeah, just can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. Solid signing for sure. All right, man. Let's shift gears and let's get into some stuff that we used to touch on with Kicks of the Pitch when we were doing their podcast. Uh, stuff that we have always cared about and always talked about. And Anthony and I always just geek out and send each other pictures of kits and the old soccer cleats that we used to wear and uh just everything right we were always a lot of what we grew up on a lot of what kind of garnered our attention when it came to soccer was the fashion the merch and, uh, the merch iconic kits iconic boots so with the 1920 season gearing up and getting ready to go we're going to do our top five kits of the 2019-2020 season i will give it over to you first Top okay. five. Top five. I'm gonna go with number five, the IX Adidas kit, just because it just IX Adidas. Home or what? Home the or what? the home the home kit. It's just like a, a good looking kit, and I, I like appreciate the the partnership they've had with Adidas for a long time, and it just looks solid. Number four was. Hold on, let me let me bring that up. 
Oh, just like a very, very classic queen. Yeah, yeah. Then number four was Milan Puma. Oh, the Milan home kit. Yeah, and I was very uh, concerned about the Puma partnership with with Milan after so many years with Adidas. But their their first run of the kit last year, it was like so-so, but I really like what they did with it. It's just just a nice fucking kit. And it's like what I wish they would have done with Arsenal when they, they didn't give us just one simple traditional looking kit and that's, that's yeah it's not rocket science like if you do that <laughs> it looks good you don't have to like yeah. get weird and like arsenal all the arsenal puma kits were weird as hell and i didn't buy a single you one like so you're you're a fan of like the really thin stripes um yeah because i guess i don't know if it they're playing into their like taking inspiration from the centenary kit from okay. like yeah, yeah. 98 it, the, yeah, the old that. jerseys, they'll run the thinner stripes. And I guess the, te- the teams always mess with the stripes. Case in point, yeah. Juve just doing two huge stripes, which is ridiculous. But but anyway, I appreciated the the Puma kits that, that Milan pulled out this year. Third with uh, uh, the Colombian team, Atletico Nacional Nike kits. All three. Atletico Nacional. Nacional. 19 slash 20 kids. Wow, you're getting really obscure there, buddy. Yeah, I had to get I like weird. It. Okay, so you like uh, their Nike? Yeah, the Nike kits. It's just... Good. I, I like I good green about, kits. <laughs> one thing I got to say about Nike this season is they... The colors have gotten better. Yes. Uh, this is the old color. This is an older color, but the, the green one is a new color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The colors have gotten better. Uh, the, the the colors in the past, like uh, for the World Cup, they were a little bit off. But I like that they added a bit of thickness to this. It looks a little bit different. Um, it's not this like super thin. Yeah, this is a this is a good kit. I like it. I also like the sponsorship on, on this. It, it it has a nice pop. It's That's kind of like the other thing. With the, kit. the sponsor is that sh- is included in like when you're scoring like a good kit. If the sponsor's trash, it really just takes life out of a kit. Like I, I honestly feel like, is it really worth the like the money for Liverpool not to run a car, car? If they put Carlsberg back on the jersey, they'd probably sell more jerseys. You know what oh I mean? Oh my god! Yeah, one hundred percent. Like they would make up. They it, would it, make it, up the. They would make up the money. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. More people would be running the jersey. Like I don't give a shit about whatever's on their kit. It's just so distracting and so bland. It just looks like. It's and not memorable at all. Like yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Like it's it's very like it's an undervalued thing these days because people just want like who's gonna pay out the fattest amount of money to put their name on the on the jersey, but it just just take the aesthetics into consideration. Like I wish like that's why I really love about the partnerships with Inter with Pirelli and Nike, like and they just have like a over 20 years of just timeless kits because they've just oh, yeah. stuck to the like something that just looks good yep. and then I agree. naturally favorite kit release of the year it's been a long time coming the arsenal adidas all three oh, it's just finally kit, right? decent uniforms on arsenal it's yeah. it's i wasn't upset with puma taking over but they just did not do the club any justice i don't know who was approving the designs i don't know who like it's like 
<laughs> like, what was that? Already out of the gates, Adidas has done more with being the supplier for, for Arsenal than Puma did in the last, like, five years. It's ridiculous. The The marketing has been on point. The campaigns have been on point. They partnered with 1886, the, like the local fan merch brand in London and they had them make a, a fanzine for them and fanzine mm-hmm. videos. It's just killing it. Like all, and like, it's just been a breath of fresh air, like top to bottom. Oh, of the summer, wow. Breath of is fresh this air. Anthony excited about Arsenal <laughs> and all, well, you got new kids, you got a new team. You're really feeling yourself, huh? Exactly. Oh, man. It's man, just, man, I cannot wait for the mid season breakdown. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me in January. I might be back to <laughs> hating everything. All right. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions before we leave? Honorable mention, like uh, the Bayern third kit was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was there? Uh, mainly, I almost put like the cap of uh, AS Monaco at number one. Monaco did have amazing kits. Monaco kind of always low-key does, though. They've had good kits for a while, um, but I don't know, man. Anything Kappa just gets me like super-duper excited. I also like... When I think of old school uh, Monaco, I always I know they were Nike for a while, but when I think of old school Monaco, like there's this amazing picture of Thierry Henry and David Trezeguet that I'm looking at, and it's just seeing that like kind of that big collar, just classic '90s shit that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always thought of Monaco like as a Kappa team. Um, but yeah, these are these are fire for sure, for sure. Those are fire. All right, uh, let me do my top five now. In fifth place, the Eintracht Frankfurt. Oh, uh, excuse me, Eintracht Frankfurt home. So, if you look at this kit, I am a fan of. Like, I like a very simple kit, you know, because I'm, you know, a Madrid fan. I like a nice, simple, clean, crisp. I think it's there's something to be said about executing simplicity right, you know, and I think that's uh, that's important. Eintracht is not doing that with this one. They're getting really weird, and they're getting weird with stripes and multicolored stripes. Um, so if you look at it, it's like uh, I'm bringing it up right now. Hold on, give me a second. Um, it's kind of like a black dominated kit, and then it's got like red, black, white, red, black, white stripes with a red stripe going down the middle. I also love the way they they're doing their their um their sponsorship logo as opposed to just putting it over the over the the top of the chest what they do is they almost take out like a kind of when you think of like um kind of 90s Bayern Munich jersey or 90s PSG jerseys that had the opal and it had like a big blue banner as a mm-hmm. backdrop and then it had the opal in the middle that's what it reminds me of um I think it fits seamless with the with the kit um, I, I'm always been a fan of uh, black and red colors, and I just think this looks like I love this kit. Uh, so that was my f- number five. Uh, number four, this is something that I think a lot of people were surprised about, and one that certainly caught the attention of, I mean, most people that I know, they were pretty stoked on this one. The Crystal Palace Away. Um, Palace Away. It's funny, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess the Crystal Palace and the Eintracht Frankfurt are there. They've got some similarities, but I really like the centerpiece. And then it kind of like has these weird like zebra designs, I guess you could call it like zebra stripes. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if it's that's exactly what it is, but it it's kind of like it goes from a monochrome 
like monochrome black, which dominates the kid. The kid is mostly black. It does a monochrome, and then it kind of that's what separates the blue and red line in the middle. Also, so you see it all throughout the kid, and it kind of like separates those lines. So it does this like it's just a really dope like interesting way to break up that kind of like uh basic design also i'm a big fan of the again sponsorship on this i think pops it looks fire it doesn't take away from the kit. yeah the kit sponsor is pretty solid and it's yeah. just like proof that like i don't like i don't hate puma puma can make good yeah. like good kits and and this yep. is the case in point also you know what's so funny about this kit too i'm not always a big fan of when like people do things on the shoulders like I think last year what bothered me so much about the Arsenal kits was they did weird they things fuck with, with the shoulders. Lines. Yeah, they fuck with the shoulders. So I'm not a big fan of that. However, with these kits, I think it fits dope into that like almost like two-faced type of situation, half being red, half being blue, and then the dominant black. I think I don't know, it just looks fucking dope, man. Like mm-hmm. I just I'm a big fan of these kits. Uh third. Third, 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 third. Uh Real Madrid away. So uh I think this is Real Madrid's like most solid home and away um, kits. Like they've had some decent ones here and there, but I think um, collectively this is their, this is their best run in the past, like I want to say four or five years. Um, Oops. I brought up the 2018, 29. So this kit is the Navy blue. It's Mm -hmm. a Navy blue kit with gold, kind of like a gold foil accents always been a big 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 fan of this um it also has a bit of a like i don't know what that camo is it's almost like a uh i don't know what kind of like print that is it almost looks like waves i'm not 100 percent sure what that is but it's very subtle it's like a monochrome print but i love the gold accents on this the adidas stripes are navy blue so it just kind of looks like a monochrome kit looks like an all navy blue kit I'm big, big fan, uh, and I just think Navy with gold, it just fucking, they just look fire. They fucking crush this one. Uh, I also love the numbering on the back of these also. It's got a very classic, reminds me of almost like college uh, college football type of numbering. Uh, just grew up with that, so I'm a big, big fan of it. Um, and then moving along, second place, I would say Arsenal away. You know, when I heard the bruised banana was going to come back, and I saw mock-ups. I was like, yo, these are going to be fucking fire. But it wasn't super bruised banana. It was more of a take on it, the bruised banana. Yeah, it was which, like a subtle like homage to it. It wasn't a literal translation of it. And you know what I thought? I was like, yo, with people going so hard with this nostalgia thing, like it's been going hard over the past three years. And I think it's on the tail end. I think it's dying down a little bit. But I would say they did this the right way. Um, I was like not a big fan when they first came out, and then when I saw it in person, and I saw them on the pitch, I was like, "Yo, that looks fucking, that looks amazing." A big, big fan of it. I also like Arsenal's um, home kits. Uh, very, very classic Arsenal throwback. Uh, you got the white, all white sleeves that you guys. I mean, if Arsenal doesn't have all white sleeves, then what are you, what are you really doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, exactly. I don't understand. <laughs> what are you doing? You got, yeah. you got to go with all white. And I like the cut. I like the cut on the away. I like that it's it's not on the same template as the home. Yeah, it's not. You're right. You're right. It's it's, it's not more of like, like a, a classic Adidas kit versus like an Arsenal yeah, kit. Good, 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 uh, good observation. I think 
a lot of times you'll see like, oh, this is a white kit, this is a black kit. It's all it is is they change the colors. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not always. I'm like, I'm not too into the V, but I think it's appropriate in the home kit. But like, I usually shy away from like V neck kits. But it it, sure. it all works, and I'm and I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, well, they did. I mean, they did a good job on both. But like I said, I like the. I prefer the yellow one a little bit. I've always liked. You know, that I, now that I look back, I've always liked one of my favorite Arsenal kits, and I think it doesn't get too much love. Is you have like a blaze, like a basic. Uh, it looks like a. It, it almost looks like a polo shirt, and it was. Uh, I think it was the last year with Nike, or second to last mm-hmm. year. But you guys had just a solid yellow with a nice blue collar, mm-hmm. like an actual. Which collar. is that's the traditional um, away colors, and. Yeah, it's no, like, I, no, I know that, but those those kits I think are are fucking fire. Like I love those; mm-hmm. those are those are amazing. So this this reminds me of that a little bit because again, the bruised banana vibes are a bit more subtle, you know. Um, and then my favorite kit, which is kind of an ode and kind of a nod to like the weird shit that I like. Obviously, I'm a big fan of just like super outlandish '90s, uh, silly, silly stuff. Uh, Wolfsburg home uh bring this up google it right now i don't know if you've seen it yeah. but google it do you have it oh just like that wild x pattern with the volkswagen <laughs> yes so this reminds me of xbox and then it reminds me of oh for sure xbox. Uh, it reminds me of dx like degeneration x like oh man so i just love the idea of this is just silly and fucking outlandish and very loud. You don't see a lot of weird shit like this at a high level, you know, in in high level um, leagues. You'll see weird shit like this in maybe like Copenhagen or like in, in Denmark or maybe in like uh, in like some obscure South American league. But I love the way Wolfsburg have done this. They've kind of embraced this like outlandish silly. I've always been a big fan of like Volt. If you know me, you know I love like Nike Volt. That is like one of my favorite colors. So I just fuck with this because it's outlandish. It's silly. They've been running the X pattern logo. for a while now. They have, uh, but this is like their most kind of loud. I mean, yeah. This is their loudest one. Yeah. It almost even looks like you know when you would when you were a kid and you would have the. I guess it's a screensaver, and it would just have like this weird kind of like. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like, like the line flowing. that's bouncing around and leaving a trail. Yeah, or like it would be like, just like these organic figures kind of like turning into each other, and like you know, like doing this weird free form kind of like shapes and stuff like that. It looks, it reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a bit of that like early 2000s nostalgia I get from this, uh, but obviously on a modern kit, and of course that big fat uh, VW circle that is just synonymous with Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg can never, ever, ever get rid of that as far as I'm concerned. Um, but obviously, it's just like, that's just an, an amazing kit for me. I love it. Um, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Um, I did like the Juventus third kit. Uh, it is the kind of like, uh, I think it's like, a, I almost want to say like a, like a sky blue, I guess you could call it. Um, it has. It also has a monochrome kind of like. Uh, hold on, let me see, let me bring it up. I want to say like a mono, monochrome, um, like a giraffe print almost on it. If you look at it like mm-hmm. very up close, it looks like uh, a swimming again, pool. Lo- yeah, but it it almost looks like even looks like almost like baby camo. Also, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
Yeah, but if you look closely, it it looks more like bait camo than anything, I would say. But when I first looked at it, it looked like a little bit like a like giraffe camo almost. But I'm a big fan of this kit. Love the color. And then I love that weird sublimated kind of monochrome funkiness just to add like those subtleties and detail. I love, love, love kits like this. Historically, I've always loved kits like this. Um, and then another honorable mention. I don't know what the fuck it is about this kit. Um, I think... I don't know. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of this color. Madrid has uh, a similar third kit, but the Inter Milan away kit, that weird, like, aqua one with the V-neck, I don't know what it is about this kit, but it just fits so well. This is what I'm talking about when you see, like, a perfect sponsorship logo fit this. I, I don't know what it is about this, but it's just, I think it's just perfect at I think it's just fucking awesome i love it it's simple and that's something inter has always done they've always done they've made simple kits like outstanding a couple years like uh you know several years ago they had that weird like snake one which i thought was unique and fun but inter's always classically been like a very kind of minimalist historic club so i love 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 this kit i love the way the the big that you know i love also when clubs like kind of play with the colors of, of the of the badge also so having that like navy blue with the gold i think having that that big big um uh, badge on the chest i think looks awesome and then the pirelli just makes it look fucking clean as clean as hell there's another thing i wanted to talk about also that i got reminded of in that uh lafc new york red bulls game i'm such a fucking huge fan of uh sponsorship on the back of jerseys Oh, or you like, like that? That very Bundesliga style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I love it. Or even Liga MX style, where they have they'll have like the Tecate on the back, and then mm-hmm. the name will be on the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Inter also has that on the bottom. They have driver on the bottom of like the near the waist. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the way it looks. It just looks, especially if it's done right. It just looks so clean. It fits well. Uh, obviously, the back of kits are iconic for, for so many reasons, but uh, that's another reason I like this. And I wish more and more teams in the future would have things like that because I'm a big fucking fan of that. How do you feel about the Inter home kit with like the diagonal uh, uh, stripes? Not the biggest fan. Not the biggest fan. I thought like what they did with their whole like you know when they did like the centenary piece where they did it or whatever it was like the ten year twenty year piece whatever where they got like all the different stripes. Those, yeah, I kind of got those vibes from it. Um, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I wasn't. I wasn't too huge on it. And then last thing I want to do is I want to talk about my worst kits very quickly. I did have. Did you have any worst kits? I didn't like the UV kit. I didn't like the Roma kit. I don't like. Ooh. Uh, like I, I it's just, the Roma kit looks so corny with the lightning bolts. Like I know lightning, the, like Nike's done lightning bolts like in the '90s, and it didn't feel that. It, it just felt very appropriate back then. But mm-hmm. these ones, and, and like I haven't been a fan about the rebrand of Roma. I, I prefer the yeah. old badge, and it's just their sponsors weak. It's just a big L in my opinion on that one. And, Word. and I like I like Roma, but it's just like God damn! Like it just looks like just too corny, man. It's way too corny. <laughs> okay, I agree. I agree. Um, I wouldn't say it was my worst kids, but this is my worst. The Man City uh, weird like uh, gradient kits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is horrendous. 
I, I'm <laughs> never. I'm glad that they like the best, like arguably the best team in like the Premier League has goofy kits. <laughs> Dude, that looks. I don't even know, man. That looks like. I just, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about it. I just think it's dog shit. I hate it. Not a fan. Not a fan of those colors. Uh, not, I, I shouldn't say I'm not a fan of those colors. I'm not a fan of those colors together. Um, yeah, this, this is, this is terrible. This is terrible. Just really, really awful. Uh, Man City. I don't know what else to say about it. It just looks like shit. Juve. Um, I agree 100%. I think those are terrible. It's just like a failed experiment. It's like, why would failed you, experiment? Yeah, I'm like, ugh. I mean, that I, I could yeah. see it being doing that as maybe like a third kit or something, but it's ugh. yeah. Um, lucky for you, but they have really good away kits and really good third kits. Um, and then uh, lastly, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Barcelona. If you are not Croatia. Do not put checkers anywhere on your kit. You 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 don't you don't get to do that. That's like it should be a rule. That should be written somewhere. If you're not Croatia, do not fuck with checkers. Uh, I think this Barcelona kid's hilarious. I think it's a joke. I think Barcelona's a joke. I hate them. <laughs> um, no, I just think this kid is terrible. Um, I think you know the, Barcelona has had so many good kits over the years and there's so many iconic uh barcelona kits however i think their last like three kits have been pretty shit you didn't like the hoops the ones with what's that the hoops the the horizontal horizontal i actually like those i thought those i thought those were dope i thought those were dope but the one before that with the super thin stripes and then the one where they had the super thin stripes just down the middle i thought those were really bad also um but when you go back to like, uh, you know, I liked I liked the kind of like split in the middle two tone ones. I thought those were classic, iconic. You know, when I go back to like the centenary one where they did the one with like uh, they did the Rivaldo flip. I thought that was awesome. Um, I just think these colors with the checkers it just looks it looks silly. I think it looks like a joke. I don't think the I don't think the sponsorship logo fits well there. Uh, yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of this at all. What's funny um, is like for me, it's like uh, it was different. It's a little weird, but I, I'm like I'm not mad at it. To me, I think it works. You're not mad at it? No, <laughs> not mad at it. I'm like oh, okay. Well, it's just like it, it's different. I mean, they they have a lot of probably have a lot of fans in Croatia. It's just it's just like sure, an interesting the take. Team. The only thing that I don't like a little bit, it's just like it feels like like you said when another team other than Croatia does it, it just looks like it like like a horse jockey uniform yeah yeah it just looks i don't know i'm not a fan so yeah those are my 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 three l's for the uh 2019-20 season um yeah last thing we want to talk about um i guess just big up alejandro uh uh bedoya for kind of speaking on some some important things i think uh there's been a lot of back and forth with certain things in politics. I don't like to get too political. I just want to give them shouts out. I want to give them props for doing that. Um, you rarely hear American soccer players uh, come out and say things like that. Um, it's a bit taboo for us, for sure, to have politics mixed with soccer. But soccer, historically, if you followed it anywhere else outside of the U.S., it's historically been a hyper-political 
um, hyper-political sport, and it's always been a place for people to express themselves, uh, sometimes in an ugly way, but more often than not in a good, positive way and get united and, and say some cool shit and do some good things. So shouts out to him. I wanted to say that for sure. Uh, we're probably going to have a nice little snippet of that at the beginning of the of the uh of the podcast uh before we get out of here anthony is there anything else you want to say uh i guess like keep an eye on our depop i got a bunch of classic stuff that i got classic kits i'm going to be posting on there available for purchase if you want to help us out and support the podcast and i guess mm-hmm. what like shouts out to our fr- to our buddies poet and vooch for going solo and, and launching their youtube channel that's another massive thing Good on you for that. And big, then, big shouts out to the homie poet and Vuj for uh, making something that I think it's funny. There was a Twitter thing where like, let's be real. The biggest transfer news has been poet and Vuj going out on their own mm-hmm. uh, for two sort of icons in our world. Like I'm lucky enough to know those guys personally, poet more so than Vuj. I'm, I'm like tighter with poet for sure. We've hung out together. I brought him to an LAFC game. Um, but yeah, it's just cool to see those guys you know, for good or bad, whatever, whatever you want to say about, about, uh, their past and things that they've said, you know, it's, it's, it's so crazy to see what can happen to a person's livelihood, um, just by being young and dumb and saying dumb shit on Twitter. Um, well, they control their own destiny now. Like they have the audience they have, and they have control over whatever they do now. So they have their own platform. it's nice to see that they realize what they're worth and realize that they can do kind of what they want. And, um, I'm just happy to see them like they're able and and willing and, and, and fine to, to carve their own path. And I think it's, I think it's maybe like, it takes something like this for them to realize it, but yeah, I'm super happy and stoked for them for sure. Anything else, brother? Uh, if you have, uh, Amazon watch, this is football on Amazon prime, which is good. TV football TV content. The first three episodes are bangers. I guess that's about it. Whoa. I gotta check this out. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm gonna fall asleep to tonight. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for the patience. Obviously, last month was very busy for me. It was crazy. Now that we have the ability to call in, we're gonna be doing that more and more. Uh, love you guys. We will see you as soon as possible. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Get ready.